Welcome to the MeSearch podcast, where you'll find conversations in hopes of discovering what makes people tick and what drives their excellence. We hope to seek new perspectives, challenge our beliefs, and learn what it takes to chase down our dreams. So while some of these recordings are done as conversations with other people, Every now and then I like to do a solo cast, and that's what's going to happen today. And I recently wrote a blog and actually had some Instagram stories about personality inventories, and it was quite popular, so I thought I would take some time just to go into what I talked about briefly in the Instagram stories, and then again in the blog, but perhaps a little bit deeper. So in 2016, I took something called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Training, so MBTI. And there's a lot of people out there that say like, "Mm, this is pseudoscience, or the founders were just two stay-at-home wives that didn't know anything about research and cooked these ideas up in their kitchen. And yes, Someone actually said that to me. Um, And arguably, a lot of psychologists tend to lean towards the five-factor model when looking at personality. So if you've never heard of that, it stands for extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, neuroticism, and open to experience. Um, And that model was developed by Costa McRae and is probably one of the most popular theories. Uh, Honestly, I don't really care that much about the distinct nuances of which personality test is more scientifically viable. I just think that anything that gets you looking at yourself, at your preferences, at your values, at who you are and where you're going, I think anything that gets you having that sort of self-inquiry is a really good thing. And not to mention a good idea if you haven't done any of that. So whatever sort of personality test or indicator uh, you take, great, glad that you're on board. Um, But just this disclaimer I want to add is like just taking everything with a grain of salt. So that's one of the biggest criticisms I hear is people don't like being sort of put in silos or put in boxes. And I recognize like we are all human. We have our own free will and nothing should just lump you into a bucket and say, this is the way that you are and the way that you are forever. So that's not what I'm trying to do here. What the MBTI teaches is that we have innate preferences. And what they mean by that is that some things just come a little more natural to us. And there's certain ways of being that make us feel a little more at ease within ourselves. So it's not saying that you can't be more than one way. So you can't be extroverted and introverted. Um, What it's saying is that we wear so many hats in our lives And we act differently at work than we do in a social situation, than we do at a wedding, than we do with colleagues. We put on different hats for different situations. And those different situations might be 
or might require us to be really different than who we want to be when we're at home. So hats off, feet up, the person that you feel most comfortable being. And I think a really good example of that is that Not that I've heard from my own experience, but I've heard there's like actors or actresses uh, that are really loud and gregarious on stage, but then you see them outside of their performance arena and they're actually quite quiet. So the MBTI is about getting down to the bare bones of who you are when you are at home with your feet up and you don't have to worry about the judgments of the world around you. So I want to give just a couple MBTI facts. Um, One of the main things is the research actually began with Carl Jung and was eventually fine-tuned by the mother-daughter duo. So Catherine Briggs and Isabel Myers. And rumor has it that they used this to help get women jobs after World War II. Uh, The results have been proven to be reliable and really 20 years of research preceded the initial 1962 publication. The MBTI answers four questions about your innate preferences. So remember innate being who you are at home, shoes off, feet up, where you're not worried about the judgment from other people. And that is, how do I get energy? How do I collect or gather information? How do I make decisions? And how do I deal with the outer world? So those are the four questions that the MBTI tries to answer. So when you go through the MBTI and you answer the questions, you try to think about you as your natural self outside of or away from the roles that you play. So a lot of us really get tied up in our work identity and that becomes who we are. But think of who you are at home, not who you're supposed to be at work. So that's really important distinction. And then once you go through the questions, you're given this four letter code that shows your innate preferences in terms of how you navigate the world. So again, I'm going to break down innate for a moment. This can be tough for people. So the hats you wear, the masks you wear, it might be something that you have been doing for so long that you don't even know the person behind those masks. You just have taken on a role and you have decided that's the person that you're going to be. Even if it exhausts you or exhausts us and it doesn't feel right. So when you're answering these questions to yourself, again, it's not who you are all of the time because we do need to put on these certain faces for different roles. We adjust who we are throughout the day. Think of who you are at home with your feet up, no judgment, no roles that you play. So the first question, how do I get energy? And the MBTI has this dichotomy of introverted and extroverted. 
And I want you to drop the definitions of what you think introverted means. So most people are like, hmm, shy. Or extroverted means you're outgoing because that's not what these mean in this context. So if you are energized from the outer world, so you love going to parties, you sort of gain energy from being around other people, that is an extrovert. If you gain energy through verbal communication, that is an extrovert. If you find it energizing to focus on your inner world through reflection and solitude, that is an introvert. If you prefer communicating through written language, that is an introvert. And whenever I used to go through this test with people, I used to sort of describe introvert, extrovert, uh, if you could imagine it like a finite resource, like money. So I give this example and I'm going to give it here. So let's say Bob wakes up with a full bag of coins, of money. So we have money, this finite resource. He walks outside to get to his car before he goes to work and his neighbor yells over like, hey, Bob, how you doing? And they have this sort of exchange. In that exchange, Bob loses a few coins. And then Bob goes on to work. He gets to work and there's a last minute meeting about something that Bob isn't totally comfortable with. Bob goes through the meeting, talks to all the people in the meeting, does his presentation, loses a few more coins. At the very end of the day, Bob is getting ready to go home and a couple co-workers are going out for drinks. And Bob goes out despite not really wanting to and loses the rest of his coins. So you can see as he's going throughout the day and having these exchanges, he's losing a little bit of money in those cases, but energy is really what we're talking about. And then if you do the flip side, so Bob wakes up with an empty bag of coins, so he's got no money, and he goes outside and he has an exchange with the neighbor. Exchange, talk back and forth, Bob gets a few coins. Gets to work, last minute presentation, doesn't really know what he's talking about, but he likes to get up in front and talk about talk to people, gets a few more coins. At the end of the day, Bob's co-workers ask him to go out for drinks, and Bob is stoked to go to go because he has a bag full of coins and he knows he's going to just get more from that. So the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. An extrovert gaining energy from things going on in the outer world and an introvert sort of losing that energy as they move throughout the world. Um, and in the book, Sports Psychology, a student's handbook by Matt Jarvis, he gives a description of introverts and extroverts. So he says, Introverts are more easily aroused by events than extroverts because of the sensitivity of an area of the brain called the reticular activating system. Therefore, they require less stimulation to be comfortable. 
Introverts tend to seek out situations where there is relatively little stimulation, appearing quiet and solitary. Extroverts who require more stimulation to achieve a comfortable level of arousal respond by seeking out situations where there is more stimulation to be had. Their behaviors, therefore, tend to be more lively and sociable. So what Matt Jarvis is saying is that there's a biological difference in your brain that is either causing you to seek out more stimulation or sort of draw draw back and avoid it. So one of my really biggest pet peeves about introversion, extroversion scale is that people think introversion is synonymous with being shy. Um, and that's really just not the case. So being an introvert doesn't mean you don't like talking to people. It means you're more selective in the people that you talk to the conversations that are had, and the amount of conversation that's even craved to begin with. Okay, so I want you to take a moment and think, do you fall a little bit more towards introversion or do you fall a little bit more towards extroversion? Okay, so whatever you have decided for yourself, Make a little note that you are an E or an I. And again, you're not putting yourself in a corner and not saying you can ever go back. Just make a little note. It's just gonna be an interesting conversation point. You're an E or an I. Okay, so the next one is sensing versus intuition. And this is asking the question or answering the question, how do I collect or gather information. So do you often ask, prove it? So you're looking for data, you're looking for details, you're looking for proven facts, for concrete, verifiable information. Do you look at proven ways of doing things when approaching problem solving? Do you do things in a sequential order? So if you said yes to those questions, you fall more into the sensing category. But on the opposite side, the dichotomy of this intuition, do you prefer looking at the big picture? Do you speak with metaphors? Do you look for future possibilities? So a person who has a preference for intuition won't say prove it. They'll say trust me. So again, are you someone who loves the data, loves the details, or are you a big picture thinker? You're looking for future possibilities. So the data and the details that's sensing and the big picture, what is possible people is intuition. Okay, feeling and thinking. So this answers the question, how do I make decisions? Do you take relationships into consideration when dealing with conflict or making decisions? Would you consider yourself empathetic? Do you consider how your decisions will affect people? So if you said yes to those, you take relationships into consideration, you consider yourself empathetic, those are things that a person with a preference for 
feeling would do. On the flip side of that, if you look at situations objectively, so you step out of a situation rather than stepping in. So stepping out, take a step back, see things from a different perspective versus stepping in and putting yourself in someone's shoes. So if you step out, if you take a mission first mentality based off of logic and reason, um, so that mission first mentality is considered a thinking preference. So again, we have thinking versus feeling. And then the last one, judging versus perceiving, answers the question, how do I deal with the outer world? So again, drop your traditional definitions for what you believe these two words to mean. In the MBTI or in this situation, if you have a preference for judging, it doesn't mean you're a big old judger, uh, just making opinions of everyone and everything that you see. Those that have a preference for judging are the to-do list people. They start projects early so they can finish early. They like to plan ahead and don't necessarily like last minute changes. They like structure and order. They like closure. And if you think of this maybe in a work context, someone, let's say your boss is uh, someone who's judging and they set a deadline for next Friday for something. And on Wednesday before the Friday, they're asking you where it is. And you're like, what? Well, you gave me till Friday. So, I mean, it doesn't, it's not all encompassing, but if you're a judger, you're going to want to get things in early. You're going to get it done so you can start it early. You're going to finish it early so you can get it out of the way. Flip side, people that have a preference for perceiving get energized from last minute deadlines. So if you remember those classmates in university who would start the paper the night before it was due, they'd work through the entire night and then they'd still get a good grade. These are the people that thrive on that. They are adaptable, they are flexible, and they like to keep their options open for any opportunity that may arise. So if you're asking a perceiver, someone with a preference for perceiving, you want to take a getaway trip on Friday afternoon, someone with a preference for perceiving will be like, yes. I am in. Whereas someone with a preference for judging, like that is so stressful. It's like, no, like I need, like, give me some notice. Like, give me, let me prepare mentally to go on this. Um, So judging versus perceiving. Why are all these things important? Obviously, learning who you are and what your preferences are can help you navigate certain situations, certain uh, people, and essentially you can start to flex your personality. So what does that mean? Flexing your personality means that you're going to step out of your preference to be able to speak the language of those around you. So if you have a preference for intuition, the big picture, what is possible people, and you're working with someone who has a preference for sensing the details, facts, prove it people, 
You're going to want to change what you speak about and what you emphasize in order to get your point across. Or if you have a tendency to be mission first, so thinking and working and interacting with those who have a preference for F, feeling, so the empathizers who look out for the best interests of people, creating relationships, you may want to step back and ask yourself, how is this going to affect morale? How is this going to affect the relationships of the people around me? Which are things that maybe you wouldn't normally ask yourself at first. So for me, I'm an INFJ. And I'm constantly working with people that have S, sensing the facts people. It's very common in the military. So I'm really cognizant when I'm trying to provide context in the form of what I will land that what I know will land on the ears of my superiors. As an INFJ, I'm actually the exact opposite of the typical person working in the military. So if we're speaking in stereotypes, so the typical person in the military is an ESTJ. So extroverted, like strong energy from other people, sensing facts, thinking, bottom line, objective, and then J, the to-do list people. So every day when I go to work, I have to flex my personality because very often I'm operating in an an environment that's full of people who are the exact opposite of me. And there's an example, uh, it's from a book called True Type Tales by Patrick Kerwin. And he says, I'm always interested when people say the French are so rude. I'm curious as to what causes people to experience the French that way. So I'll often ask, oh, what makes you say that? And often they'll say, because they won't speak English. And then there's this moment where we just stare at each other for a few seconds. And then I say, um, that's because they're French. So this is the exact same for our types. Being aware of your MBTI code helps you become more aware that we all speak different languages. We speak the language of our preferences. And if we are talking to someone from the opposite preference, the message can be lost or you can misinterpret their message. So not everyone is speaking the same language as you. And since they're not speaking the same language of you, you might perceive them as being rude or mean or fill in the blank. And then if you're thinking like you're a te- on a team or you're an athlete on a team, how you relate with your teammates is going to impact your performance on the field or court. And it goes the same for business. How you react with your team is going to impact your productivity. So someone with a preference for thinking might think they're having a conversation, but someone with a preference for feeling might take it as an argument. That's a lot of information. I would encourage you to whatever your four-letter code is, so write it down and then go check it out online, the MBTI site. There's a lot of good information out there. If you're really interested, uh, perhaps you want to do the entire questionnaire and that's really easy to find out online as well. But the big thing is knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, 
knowing your personality can not only help you navigate your world, but the work world or your athletic world. And there are so many benefits to doing this work. So that is it for now. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me on social media uh, at Mindset on Mobility. And um, I will be back really soon with a brand new podcast, a brand new conversation. I've let these podcasts slip a couple weeks because I've been really trying to get out and enjoy my summer and not be caught inside all the time. Uh, But I have lined up a really exciting conversation with a good friend of mine. And then I won't spill the beans on who I have coming on in the future, but I'm pretty excited about it. So that is it for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Please let me know what you think. Reach out and I will talk with you soon. Peace.